0: They put on the helmet and pads.
1: Ticked off by Jonathan Joseph. The Texans go in
0: front. And make the big plays.
1: Sacked again by Whitney Merciless, his second of the game.
0: Now it's time for Texans players to take you inside the game. But as a player, you got to use the little things and the details. And they'll take you outside the white lines, too. Bread pudding, apple pie and ice cream, peach cobbler, or sweet potato casserole. Yeah. Welcome to the Ruckers Texans Players Show. Live from Ruckers, with your hosts, Mark Vandermeer, D.P. Sidhu, and Drew Doherty.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Fuddruckers 2019 as we kick off. And it's a little different tonight because the team is actually practicing right now. So Drew and Deepy had to stay behind and uh, talk to the players in the locker room afterwards because they're reporters, they're TV, radio people, they do it all. And Johnny and I were in need of burgers. So we came to Fuddruckers here, (laughs) Greenway location. John Harris is with us tonight. All too happy to be here.
2: Yeah, I never get to Fuddruckers. At all. I get one FUD Ruckers a year and that's after the Monday night game. So I get actually FUD Ruckers
1: two weeks in a row. That's right, because we'll be back here next week with Cecil Shorts. But tonight, to kick off the FUD Ruckers season, we are yes. so pleased to be joined by Pro Bowl offensive lineman Wade Smith. <laughs> All right. Appreciate
3: you having me. Appreciate you having me. Man. Well, it's
1: so good to have you here, and uh, especially since offensive line is kind of a topic. I don't know if you've noticed this. <laughs> I, I wonder why, man. I wonder what's
3: been going on around, around here to get people talking about the O-line so much.
1: I'll tell you, you know, in the last two weeks, it's actually less than two weeks, Andrew Luck has retired, and the Texans picked up Larry McTunsell, among many other things. <laughs> many happening. other things. Yeah, yeah but uh, those things. two things alone are seismic, I think, for this franchise— and here we go, Monday Night Football. And I know there's been a lot of talk. I know you've been on the air a bunch, Wade, but I've not been on the air since all these moves have gone down. So i got a lot to say tonight, and I am pumped. I mean, it's time to play. Let's go. I mean, Johnny pointed out to me that they could have nine new or eight new offensive starters uh, considering the change they had from the playoff game mm-hmm. to now. Wow. You know, Will Fuller wasn't available right, for the playoff right, game, right. so he's one of them. But think about that. It is huge. It is on. Let's go. It's Monday night.
3: Listen, man, I'm, I got super excited when I started watching film me Tuxell, man. Like, I saw your like, tweets. Yeah, like you got to think about it. When you try to put these like, highlight videos together, um, sometimes it takes you a while to find really good clips of guys so that you can utilize and you want to give information out to people. With Tunsil, it was not difficult at all. The first game I watched, I didn't even put any of that film out there. I watched the Patriots game from week 14 when the Dolphins played the Patriots. And he completely dominated in that ball game. And also, Kenny Stills dominated in that ball game. Yep. So I'm watching film on Tunsil, and I keep seeing 10 catching passes. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's Stills right there. And I was like, yep. I'm 1,000% sure that after watching this film, that was a big reason why the Texans were willing to give up what they gave up to get him because – Suntell is a—he's an elite left tackle, man. And now you're going to have him here in Houston for the next—I don't know—eight to ten years. Which is, mm. you can't—you can't substitute that for anything. You—you you see that, you know, the Texans had Dwayne Brown here here for—I uh, don't know how many years. Maybe eight years. He was here, and during that time span, for the majority of it, you didn't have to worry about that position. Now you're back in that situation again, where you have a guy at left tackle that you can trust and depend on, and he's going to help everybody around him be better.
2: Wade, to that point. You played next to Dwayne. Yes. And this is a question I've been asked. It's funny because Mark said that he hadn't been on the air. I haven't talked about this either live. And so I'll, I'll give my thoughts. But I, I feel like I've talked about it everywhere else. So it feels like I've already talked about this. But he was my number one prospect in 2016 coming out. And, and what, I wrote in my, what I wrote in my draft write-up still applies. And one of the things that stood out was the fact that he never seems to get rattled. He doesn't seem to get nervous. And what I mean by that is it's not as if he's over there shaking, but it's like he allows the pass rusher to make a move, and he's going to counter with his quickness, with his slide, all that kind of stuff. So that being said, what is the advantage of having a left tackle like that, like Dwayne was next to you? Did that help you out in that you know what, I don't really have to scan too far to the left because I know Dwayne's got that. I can just scan over to the right. How did it work for you playing next to Dwayne? Did that help you out?
3: Well, it definitely helps you to have great players to play beside you. I think looking at a big picture as like an offensive coordinator, when you're designing the routes that you want to run, when you determine how you want to slide your protections, if you have a left tackle there that you can trust and depend on, it allows you to be more flexible and allows you to dictate to defenses what you're going to do. I was fortunate enough to play with pro bowlers on either side of me. True. So, you know, I, I was in a, in a fortunate situation playing guard for the Texans at the time I was here. Um, not all situations are going to be like that, but when you have a left tackle that you can trust and depend on, that just opens up everything for the offensive coordinator.
1: Well, you have Titus Howard who might start at left guard, and now he's next to Tunsil. How... Quickly, can they get that together? And Tunsil being new to the system, and I know he could probably fit in very well, but it's still a bunch of new plays for him. How's that going to be for Titus trying to work in as a rookie?
3: I think those guys are going to be extremely close, man. I think both of those guys are, you know, guys from the south. You got a a guy that went to Ole Miss and a guy that went to Alabama State. So Mm -hmm. you you know, these guys are are, are from the south, and I think they're going to get along really well. I think that Tunsil is going to be a, a really good influence on Howard. I think Howard's going to help. Uh, Tunsil acclimate to being here in Houston and be able to show him some of the things that he's picked up since he's been here, as far as just where to go in the city and you know where the different places that you need to be or good places to eat, just to make Tunsil more comfortable with being in Houston. And so that's going to allow him to be a better player. You, uh, you heard the press conference from Bill O'Brien, where he's talking about the whole onboarding process of all the different things that an NFL player, when they come to a new environment, the stuff that they have to pick up, learn about, and the the stuff that is outside actually playing ball, that's extremely important to the success for them on the field. And so it's great to to hear that the process is going so seamlessly. But you got to look at it like I think that what's going to happen in the future is that uh howard's going to end up being the starting right tackle on this team and so this season i think since he's been playing left guard so much he'll probably be the left guard this entire season that's the same thing that L- larmy tonsil did when he was in miami he was the left guard his entire rookie year because brendan albert was the starting left tackle and i oh, know yeah. that and i know that brendan albert was one of those guys that taught laramie and a lot of the stuff mm-hmm. that tonsil uh did, has is doing he picked up from the veteran guy and so i think the same thing is going to happen with Howard, and that's part of the trickle down effect. I think that, you know, it's a very good chance for, for, for uh, Howard to learn from a guy like Tunzel and then be able to apply that stuff, what he's doing at left guard, and also when he moves forward, I think he'll eventually be a right tackle.
2: Laramie just turned 25. Max wow. and Titus just turned 23. Yeah. You've got the opportunity. That's 60% of your line right there. And, I, and hopefully, you know, Nick's a guy at center that can take his game up to another level. And You know, like you said, if Titus moves over to right guard, you know, or right tackle, eventually, what do they do at left guard? That's down the road. But you're talking about a 25 year old who's had three years in the league with the talent that he has. He's on the verge of going to Pro Bowls year in and year out with this offense. But to have three guys that you've invested that much in, so Wade, what do you say to those people that say to you, "Oh, didn't they give up too much?"
3: Well, I look at it from a fan's perspective. I don't really care about all that. Like, I, I look at it from the ball yeah, perspective. I, like, I, 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 I'm looking at it from like ball. Like, okay, do I have somebody in this position that is one of the best guys at that position in the league? Oh, right. we got him on the roster now? Great. You know what I mean? There's, there's, there's a whole different things you can pontificate and, and try to explain away why this was a bad move or why it was a good move. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it's, it, you know the game is coming on Monday. Mm-hmm. So who got drafted when or who's gonna, what's going to happen in the future? Mm-hmm. Tomorrow's not promised so you don't there's no there's nothing that you can control as far as what goes on you know how it got to this point but the point is now that tonsil is here and i know that he's the type of player the thing about tonsil is he's a young player but he doesn't play the game like a young player he's technically sound you could tell that he's been coached really well he always works to keep his shoulder square plays with the good base always feet shoulder width apart you can tell that he's been taught everything that he's learned he takes it and applies it, to, it to, to what he does on the field. And not, not everybody can do that. There's a lot of people yeah. that get coached up, and they want to do it the way that they're taught, but they don't have the ability to. He has the ability to translate what he's learned on the chalkboard and puts it into play. That's going to help affect everybody else around him positively.
1: Well, he, the Texans have not been to New Orleans since you were there. Right, And I know we've been there for regular season visits. Not the same thing. 2011, we remember the game well. That
3: was a shootout, man.
1: I didn't even have to look it up. Texans up nine in the fourth quarter. And I got to tell you, being in the booth calling that one, I felt like Nine isn't enough. We need more, and we did need more. They yeah. are so explosive, and they still are. Drew Brees has been doing it for so long; he is deadly, the all-time leading passer in the history of the National Football League.
2: But don't fall into that trap, though. What? Don't fall into that trap of oh, Drew Brees, the passer. Of this, the Saints were sixth in the league in rushing last year. Oh, I that see. That offensive what you're line up front is yeah. one of the best in the league. With oh, I thought you were going to make, make me Morford. feel better, not no. worse. No.
1: I mean, with Andres Pete And there's a
2: guy that was drafted as a tackle that moved to guard. Uh, And then uh, Teron Armstead, who has done a heck of a job uh, coming out of
1: uh, Arkansas Pine Bluff. I'm trying to enjoy my Fuddruckers.
3: Well, I would say this. The the Saints this year aren't as uh, potent passing the ball as what they've been in the past like they were back then. Right now they have Michael Thomas. And then after that, at the receiver position, they're not as potent as they were back in the day. Hmm. You know what I mean? I think Kenny Stills might have been on that roster yeah, back then in, in, in New Orleans in 2011. It might have been like his rookie year or second year or something like that. Or maybe maybe he's too young. I don't know. But I just I just remember they had a better receiving core back yes. then. They had Marcus Colston. They had yep. a bunch of yep. guys they could throw the yep. ball to. So Sproles. I I think that, yeah, I think that what the Saints do really well kind of plays into what the Texans do really well, which is to stop the run. When you got mm-hmm. Alvin Kamara on that team, and if he's going to – be a team that they're going to dictate with running the ball. That's one of the thing that, things that I think the Texans do really well up front is, is stop the run.
2: The one thing that will help the Texans in some sense is that there's no Mark Ingram. So if they're going to give the ball to Alvin Kamara, now they find ways to get him the ball. In the NFC Championship game, the, the design of the offense for the Saints was we're going to run option routes with Alvin Kamara all game long because yeah. the Rams are going to match up with him on a linebacker. And that was Mark Barron. And it was like circle route. Flat. And Barron's the and kind of like, guy,
1: if anybody can cover him, it should be able to be him, right? They
2: couldn't figure out how to stop until oh. the second half, but then they did. So what the Saints have to figure out is, how much do we hand it to Kamara? How many touches can he take? How many runs? And then how many times are we going to throw it to him? So he's probably going to get 20 to 22 touches. It's just a matter of how they're going to divide it up. So from a run game perspective, what do they get from Latavius Murray when he comes in? Because he's a little bit more of a hammer. But if we fall in that trap of, we got to stop Drew Brees... They're going to run the ball all day long. Now yeah. it does play to our strength that we are, very, but you know who's also a pretty good stopping the run? They are. They were better than us last year stopping the run. They gave up eighty point two yards per game on the ground. That said, there's no Sheldon Rankins, and that w- that will hurt them. He was one of the big keys. He was like their DJ Reader. So they'll be without him, I think, for a few more weeks coming back from Achilles tendon. But we're talking about two groups that really can stop the run. And if you, I, I guarantee you, as you talk to people about the Saints, what are they going to tell you? Oh, you got to stop Drew Brees and Michael Thomas. you got to stop Brees and Thomas. And you can, you can
1: move the ball on that. So you're saying that's the brand, but really yeah. you got to gear is, up for the run. The truth
2: is that Saints defense is pretty physical up front. And Marshawn Lattimore can... can Lattimore v. Hopkins is going to be a good battle.
3: It's going to be a good battle, but I'll say this about the Texans in the passing game. They have more weapons than I think they've ever had True. in the organization's history right now. You got Hopkins, you got Fuller, you got QT, you got Stills, you right. got Carter. And then I, I didn't mention any tight ends. I didn't mm-hmm. mention Duke Johnson at all, and all those guys are going to play a factor as well. So I think the game is going to be a shootout, and I'm sure probably by the end of the day, we'll end of this, this show, we might give a prediction. I don't know if we're going to do that or not, but I do think that... You know it's going to be a shootout because I think the Texans are going to be able to throw the ball um, around the ball, the ball uh, field against those guys. Well,
2: what? last year's opener in, in New Orleans, I think was 48-42, I think really? that was Fitzy. That was Fitzy, Fitzy went off.
3: Fits magic. Fitz yeah. magic in week
2: one. That's that. Who's Miami playing week one? Put all your money down on Fitzy. You know it's funny way you brought that up about uh, about uh, the Miami game against New England. Yeah. When I. I was looking at something to do for Telstra and I looked up. what what did Kenny do? I want to do something on Kenny because I've been doing so much on Laramie I look at Kenny he went for eight for 135 and a touchdown against New England and it was different stuff. It was There was some short stuff, just throw it on the flats and pick routes, stuff like that. And then it was the deep over routes. It wasn't like he just flew down the field. He had one big play. It was consistent 15 to 20 yards each time he got the football. He had a great ball game against New England. They tried to cover him, man, coverage, forget it.
3: And he was running routes from all different locations. Oh, from absolutely. outside from inside on the slide. like. Yep. He's a versatile player i think that he's going to fit in well here with the texans
1: all right wade smith is with us and i want to get the take from you wade as to what it's like to be in that building in that kind of pressure situation the team is practicing in a very unique way this week we'll go over that also questions from the crowd we are giving away here at bud ruckers tonight greenway location tickets to opening day with so we have tickets and sideline passes opening day home opener against the jags that's a big deal and good parking which is almost as important as anything else (laughs) good parking tickets sideline passes for opening day against the jags one week from sunday that'll be given away here tonight we are here till eight and i promise we'll give it away before eight but not that much no probably about a half hour to 45 minutes before eight o'clock you know, I'm gonna do it a little earlier, Johnny. Yeah, so people I mean, can still, you know, make it home if they have to see the kiddos or whatever. Yeah,
2: I want to know who joins me down on the sidelines.
1: Okay, yeah, they're gonna join Johnny yeah. on the sidelines. That's always fun. And maybe they can be interviewed, or maybe not. Maybe not. They're not getting my job though. So Wade Smith is here, Fud Ruckers Greenway for the Fud Ruckers Texans Players Show.
0: Keep it here for more of the Rucker's Texans Players Show, right here on Texans Radio. Do you know an outstanding Latino leader who is making a positive impact on Houston? Nominate them today for the Houston Texans Campeón de la Comunidad Award, presented by Miller Lite. The award honors a leader in the Latino community who is making a positive impact on the city of Houston through service to a local nonprofit. Winner will receive a $20,000 grant for their nonprofit and recognition at a Texans home game. Visit HoustonTexans.com backslash campeón to nominate a Latino leader today. Back to Bud Ruckers for more of the Texans Players Show.
1: Mark Vandermeer, John Harris, Wade Smith, Bud Ruckers, Texans Players Show, Greenway. And Deepy and Drew are working overtime at the stadium because the players got done from practicing a little bit late. They're practicing in the evening to get the week started. And last night you probably saw some of the tweets, some of the social media stuff as... They kind of decked out, and it's very difficult to do, NRG Stadium in Saints video stuff. Oh, did they? And cranked Mm -hmm. up the music the way they would have it. You know, it reminds me, Wade, when I was at the University of Miami, when they played Florida State, you know, everyone knows the tomahawk chop chop, and like... So they would blare that at practice in the locker room all week long, in the locker room all week long. So by the time they got to the game... It was just like they were numb to it, you know what I mean? And I don't, I'm not saying the Texans are doing the same kind of thing with some of the stuff the Saints do at their stadium, but I think there's a little taste of that just to get them uh, acclimated as much as you possibly can because I don't think there's anything to get you totally ready for what you're going to face. But what is the environment like at the Superdome? It's one of the very unique environments in the league, right?
3: Yeah, one of the loudest places that you'll ever play. I think that uh, you know the Superdome, their fans... Mm-hmm are loud from once you walk on the floor walk on the, the field for warmups all the way until the game is over and so you're going to have to deal with that that issue the far as far as communicating with each other at the line of scrimmage it's going to be a, a, a huge deal um a determining factor on how well the offense is going to be able to function is if they can communicate well and, and kind of block out the noise and, and and focus in and and get off the snap and at, 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 at on all on the same time because you got to think about it if you're playing on the road and you get off the snap, you know, half a count late. That might be the difference between getting your guy blocked or them getting a sack fumble. So I think it's it's, it's very prudent that, you know, the Texans are doing that right now. Practicing in an environment is uh, similar. I, I know that the, the sound system over there at NRG is loud, and I'm sure they're t- turning it up and getting those guys acclimated to it um, sooner than later because it's going to be necessary on Monday night.
2: What's the hardest part, Wade, in that do you communicate – verbally or is it hand signals is it both like how how do you figure that out when it's that loud in the building
3: um when you up front i think a lot of it is just muscle memory and knowing what the guy next to you is supposed to do i mean sometimes you you'll look you have to look right at a guy and yell at him and they might not necessarily even hear you but they can read your lips yeah um it gets because it gets that loud Um, but the more reps you have together, the more you work together, a lot of times you know how a guy is going to react based off of whatever the defense is giving you, and that comes from the repetition that you have throughout the week. So you know that you know we're going to be on the same page because I trust this guy next to me knows what he's supposed to do when they give us a certain look or or they give us a certain thing that we have to adjust to. Did
2: that become, I'm sure it is an issue, but how big of an issue is it with a guy that, hasn't even put on a Texans logo on his helmet yet in that first game with Laramie Tunsil left tackle. It
3: definitely can be an issue, and I think that it's something that, you know, I think Bill O'Brien mentioned it in the press conference today about the, the virtual reality room that they use yeah. and the different walkthroughs they're doing. I'm sure they're doing everything, like what they would do during a normal week, I'm sure everything is times two or times three because they're trying to do as much as they can in as short in the short of time period as they have to get them all the way caught up. And, so, and I think that Tunsil is – one of those type of guys that understands you know, what, what situation he's in now. He was in Miami before. He was in a situation where he wasn't going to win. I think he's absolutely excited about being here in Houston because he knows that he's on, he's on a competitive team now, a team that's going to contend for, for long runs in the playoffs and contend for Super Bowl. So he's going to do everything in his power to get himself caught up, and the Texans are going to do everything in their power to get him caught up.
1: Wait, do you think that applies to everybody that they got, and they got so many guys? <laughs> they got a lot of guys. Now, Seattle's one thing because that's a really good franchise, but guys they got from teams that don't do so well or haven't done well recently, and then you – come here and you have a chance to win, what does that do to the mentality of that player? I think it
3: just gives you a a shot of adrenaline. It gives you some extra juice because you know that, man, like, if I do my job, I know the guys next to me are going to do their job. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times when you come into a new situation, you don't want to be the reason why something doesn't go well. So you're going to put in the extra work. You're going to put in that extra time to make sure that you're the guy that, that, that does his job and so you can be dependent on it. You want to kind of earn your stripes in a new environment because when people come from, from a diff- different place, they still have to earn their respect with the guys in the locker room they're with now. So you're going to get the best out of every – I mean, there's a bunch of new players that are in the building now. And so I think all of those guys are going to be given everything they have just to, to earn their stripes and with the guys around in the locker room and also to be able to do their jobs on Monday night.
2: Wade, obviously Jadeveon Clowney no longer on the roster. And so I've been asked this question numerous times, defensively, especially against the run because that was the one where mm-hmm. we, we saw Jadeveon move a bunch and then he would rush from different angles. But a lot of times on third down he would just rush from the edge – Eighty percent of the time, seventy-five percent of the time. But in the run game, he would move around a lot of different run blitzes for him. What do you think is the best way to to scheme up without Jadeveon going forward, especially against the run?
3: I just think that going forward, you're going to see more just basic, sound defense. Like Whitney Merciless, to me, is the best outside linebacker in the NFL and setting the edge. Yeah. Like he, he is, he, like he is fundamentally technique sound that he's going to set the edge and nothing's going to get around him, and he's going to force the ball back into his help on the inside. He does that better than anybody else in the league. So I think they're going to depend on that. You're not going to see as many tackles for loss because Clowney was one of those type of guys that he would just find a little crack, get through it, and blow somebody up in the backfield. You probably won't see as much as that, but you will see that teams are still going to have to do one yards, two yards, three yards. They're not going to have big plays because uh, Whitney and the rest of the defense, the guys are just sound.
1: You know, we were talk- Johnny and I were talking about New England, and not that this is going to be New England, but the way they approach defense so often. You look at Logan Ryan and Malcolm Butler, and then they leave and they still win a Super Bowl by holding the opponent, the Rams, to three points. It doesn't matter, it seems, who's there. They're playing a sound Scheme or whatever it is without a lot of star power.
3: Yeah, it's a, the big thing about you talk about the Patriots is they want to find guys that, that have certain skill sets that fits the scheme that they run. And and they don't have to be big-name guys in order to do that. If, you, if you're a, a guy like I mentioned Whitney Merciless, they need guys that are going to set the edge in the run game because they're they're playing defense, they're stopping the run with eleven, not with necessarily just setting up run blitzes to get somebody. That's mm-hmm. it's something that's a luxury that you have when you had Clowney on the roster that you can just set up stuff and he can make plays like that. But they also know how to play without him. Just like this defense, yeah. Think about it. J.J. J. Watt wasn't here in 2016; they had the number one defense in yeah. the league. So Romeo Crennuff figured out a way for yeah. them to still have the number one defense when you were, were missing the the best player in in the NFL at that time on defense. So um, I, I have full confidence that I think that the defense is going to be solid. But I do think that going forward, when you have a solid defense, but you have an offense with the rep- weapons that, that you have, after the entire trade, when you look at it as a total, uh, the Texans got better. It My feels
2: question. like, and I, and I said this, mm-hmm. this, the term that I use is the whole is greater than some of its parts in New England. I always felt like that was the case. Mm-hmm. That together, they were better than they were individually. Right. And I think when this defense has been number one, obviously they've had – the parts were really good, but then together they played very well. And I think that obviously is going to be key for this group is to play together, especially that front seven against the run. That they and they've played well together. I feel like in training camp they've played pretty well together when they went against the Packers and the Lions. I mean, you just could not run the football on them, and I mean, hopefully that, that stays that way. But that's kind of the phrase that I would use for the Patriots. Holds greater than some of
1: its parts. Let me ask both of you guys this because in the Seattle deal, you get two players. You get Barkevius Mingo, you get Jake Martin. And I know these guys aren't going to be confused with Jadeveon Clowney, but how can and will they help this football team? Because there's no way they got them just for fun. They got them because <laughs> they thought that they could be an aid to the cause. Well,
3: I think both of them are, are really good special teams players. So I think first and foremost, they're going to help in that aspect on the special teams, and then they're going to help with depth at the linebacker position. The, the main linebackers that are going to be the guys that get the majority of the reps, I think, are, have already, are already on the roster. That's going to be Whitney. That's going uh, to be Brendan Scarlett. It's going to mm-hmm. be the, the McKinneys and the, and the, uh, the Zach, Zach Cunninghams, Cunningham's yep. and Dylan Coles of the world. They're going to get most of the reps in actual defensive uh, situations. But I do think that both of those guys are top-notch special teams players, and I think they'll be able to pick that up and, and, and take the ball running with that as soon as they get in.
2: Dylan Coles not an edge player. But we can't sleep on that guy. I, I, I just feel like they're, they've got to find a way to get him on the field, if at all possible. And it's not, I mean, he can fly, but he is smart. After the New England game, I'll, I'll tell this quick story. During the New England game last year, I noticed that there were a couple times where he pointed right before the ball was snapped and pointed exactly where the ball was going. And I was like, how, how did he do wow. that? Like, what did he do? So... I found him in the locker room on that Monday, and I said, "What did you pick up? Like, what were you?" He said, "I just pay attention." Yeah, I was like, "This is Tom Brady we're talking about." And he goes, <laughs> "I pay attention. I watch." I, he said, "I." He said, "Tom has tells." I was like, "You're a second year guy in the league, and you figured that out?" Does Breeze have tells too? Please, I'm
3: sure Breeze does, but everybody okay, but, has tells, man. right? Everybody has tells. But everybody the fact that he UV.
2: figured that out, and right. then you add that into the speed, I think there's a way that Dylan Cole's got to factor into this. But I'm gonna focus on Jacob Martin because I think I think Kiki Mingo is gonna be a guy at special teams that's gonna he is one heck of an athlete. There's no doubt about that. Wait, He's Kiki? never Barkevious, yeah, but do you say Kiki? Kiki. Yeah, that's what he's calling Am I gotta LSU? call him
1: Kiki. I got two I Kikis know. on the team, Johnny. I, got Kiki Q T and Kiki Mingo. With, just call him Mingo.
2: With, yeah, just call him Mingo. Mingo, no, it's all Mingo's right. good. You can have a Kiki part. No, like Ronaldo. Like Ronaldo. Like soccer. Just call him Mingo. Mingo. That's all.
1: Okay. That's a heck Mingo. of a
3: name. he's got a hell of a name. That is. That's a, Barkevious Mingo. Yeah.
2: Oh yeah. That is a that's football a name. player's name, no question. about Right. But the other one we got to figure out is Jacob or Jake Martin. Either way. I think it's he's Jake. not. He's not Jadavian Clowney. Let me be very clear about saying that he is not Jadevian Clowney. There is not another Jadavian Clowney in the league. But he's got some juice coming off the edge. He's got some athletic ability. He's long. He's got. He, I think he had three sacks in the last half of the year last year for Seattle. Hmm. He's got some pass rush moves. He hmm. uses his hands pretty well. And he played at Temple. And one of the things, whenever a guy comes out of Temple, the one question I want to know is, did he have a Temple tough jersey? Did he have a single-digit number? Because that's a big deal at Temple. That means you're a leader, leader in the locker room. You're a leader in the field. It means you're tough as all get out. He did. He wore number nine at Temple. So he he's a guy that intrigues me. Now that, like I said, he's not Devin Clown, He's not J.J. Watt. But can he give you something in the pass rush game? I absolutely think he can.
3: John, let me ask you a question because I, I was thinking about this. All right, I can't remember what season it was. It might have been sixteen, but. There was a season where the Texans did a really good job of rushing Bernard McKinney over guards and centers 16 Uh, it was 16 that year and he was really good at that Yes. and so Jadavion Clowney kind of that was his deal last year where they would walk around and pick a a guard and just go beat up on that guard do you think the Texans will utilize that this year with McKinney
1: answer that after the break and we have questions from the crowd for Wade Smith Texans legend Texans ambassador you're a legend and an ambassador how about that both that's that's awesome man yes (laughs) he's here (laughs) I'm I'm speechless on that one right there stick around (laughs)
0: The big finish is up next. The Fuddruckers Texans players show continues in a moment. We're back with more of the Texans players show live from Fuddruckers.
1: Well, getting back at the flow here at Fuddruckers, 59, and Wesley. Mark Vandermeer and John Harris Ooh. with you as Drew and Deepy are uh, staying late at practice. They're practicing late first couple of days of this week. It's a weird week. You have Monday night, and we'll be back a week from tonight with Cecil Shorts. And since it's so popular that we're giving away opening day tickets today, guess what? Next week, we'll do it again <laughs> oh, yes. at Fuddruckers. We'll do it again. So tonight, we're giving away tickets and sideline passes and really good parking, okay? (laughs) We're not going to put you, you know, because sometimes I know people feel like they park in Sugar Land. No, we are giving you the good parking, and it's going to be awesome as the Texans take on Jacksonville in the home opener, Liberty White kickoff. That's a week from Sunday. But this Monday, they open the season at the Superdome. Now, a few things to get to. Johnny has to answer Wade's question, which I forgot what it was. I know what it is. What was it?
2: No, he was asking me about the impact of Bernardrick McKinney, and I was asked... I was asked about this, This was it this morning? I've done so many interviews over the last couple of days, I'm trying to remember where it was. Uh, I think it was doing Radio Mississippi. No, that's tomorrow. Popular. Either way. Either <laughs> like way. McClain. They asked me who, oh no, it was McClain. He said, who's going to benefit most? And I said, well, I wouldn't be surprised, and going back to my Dylan Cole thought, mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised to get Cole on the field with Zach and with BMAC that BMAC, does Ooh, do something? All three up-wide. guys.
3: Yeah. Oh. Why, why not? You let Cunningham and Cole cover guys. Right. We talked about B-Mac that with Rush. You let a while because Rush. He's Very, very good at it. And you let mm. B Very, very good at it. If he
2: gets a back and say that Zach and Dylan have got slot receivers are tight ends and the back flares. BMAC just flares out at the back. You see that a lot. I mean, look, Kyle Vannoy for the Patriots. If you want to go back to the Patriots analogy, that's what Kyle Vanoy does. Kyle Vannoy plays in the middle on first and second down, and he goes out to the edge on third down. Sometimes he spies the quarterback. Sometimes he covers a back. I mean, that, I think, is the way you'd, you'd like mm. to be able to to use BMAC. But, but absolutely, you, that's the way you get all three of them on the field. And you get five or six DBs on the field as well.
3: Yeah, it takes me back to back in the day, way back in the day, when Romeo Cornell was with the Patriots. He always had those linebacker types, and you had to always, when you're playing against them, you had to you had to block all the 55 or the 50s numbers as they were bigs because you had Vrabel and yeah. you had Roosevelt, Colvin, and then you had... Bruschi. Yeah, well, you never treated Bruschi as a big, but you would have... Uh, McGinnis. McGinnis, those yep. guys yeah. like that. And McGinnis, to me, his body type is very similar to B Mac. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And so those, that's a big, strong guy that's athletic. And so it's tough for guards to defend, especially when you're not used to blocking a guy like that. And so I, I, would, I would hope to see that, but it, it seems like that would be a, a good move for the Texans.
2: Interesting you said about Bruski because he was the one that actually played defensive end in college. He, he was one of the best defensive end that's pass right. rushers you've ever seen. He was phenomenal. Miami knows all about him. He went down to Miami and destroyed them from the edge in '92 and played like a seven to six game that Miami eked out in a really, I that
1: think was an undefeated be- that was before year. Before I got there, Johnny. Yeah, I, <laughs> I don't know. I'm that just was just starting out there, but my I,
2: damage. But I do think Bernardrick is a, is a big factor in this, and it's funny because when, when I've been asked about inside linebackers, when you look at inside linebackers throughout the league, b macs an anomaly. Really, he really is kind of weird because you don't see guys that are two fifty five playing yeah, inside
3: anymore. He's a throwback.
2: The guys coming from college are. Tops, tops 240. Tops yeah. 240 I means that came in the league at 235. I mean, Dylan's lucky if he's 230. I mean, those are the size of some of the safeties that played back in the day. But that's what you're getting from college. Devin Bush won the first round, 230. Devin White, 235. Those are the kind of guys you need in college football now to cover the backs and do all the things you're asked to do. And then that's filtering up to the NFL. So that's what you're seeing. That's why I wouldn't be surprised to see BMAC get some of that outside stuff.
1: It's funny how they're getting smaller in some cases, Mm -hmm. like you said. I mean, you have to run. It's basketball on grass sometimes. All right, let's get to some questions from the crowd here at Fuddruckers. Sweet. What is your name? Oh, here's the mic. What is your name and where are you from?
2: Alberto from the southeast side of Houston. Alberto,
1: where would you get the chain? Texans chain? NRG uh, Texan store. They sell those down there? Uh, I didn't even know this. Ones. I was, was going to
2: tell, tell you to watch your back, man, because Mark has been eyeing that chain no mean, did, uh, all the time. All he's got to do I'll is I'll just use his
1: P-card and go down downstairs. So full disclosure here, Alberto, we have one in our broadcast digital media department and we meet every Monday. We hand out the Texans chain, just like the Hurricanes hand out the turnover mm-hmm, chain. Mm-hmm. We hand out the Texans chain to the person who did the best job creating content that week. Or overcame adversity or something like that. So uh, I could use a couple more, maybe. There we go. Well, now you know where I to like go. That. Now I know oh, where to go. The Go Texan store. Well, I, the I, Texas I team shop.
0: lights on mine.
1: LED lights on mine. So. LED oh. lights. Oh, check it out. Everybody enabled. able. Oh, yeah. Checked you out. See there you seen it before? you seen no. on the mask? Yes, like I have yeah. seen it. Yes, it's very good. Okay, what do you got for Wade?
0: Um, what are you mostly excited about the 2019 Texas uh, season?
3: Um, honestly, I'm most excited about the offense just in general. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see what Deshaun Watson with all, does with all the weapons he has now because he has, he has weapons all over the place. Like mm-hmm. I said earlier in the show, man, I think it's the deepest wide receiver uh, group that he's ever had. And then he has, he has good players at tight end. He has good players in, 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 in the backfield now that are going to be able to catch passes. So. I, I'm looking forward to Deshaun Watson having a hell of a season, man. And, you know, 4,500 4, yards, something crazy like that. I would not be surprised at all because I just think that he has the weapons to get it done, and now he has a left tackle that's going to protect him and allow him to do that.
1: Oh, yeah. Nice. Yeah. Yes, you can clap for that. Is this the year he finally eclipses not he but the I team coming. the thirty touchdown pass mark which they've never done twenty nine is the high water mark.
3: I mean I think this year would definitely be one that would allow Please. you to do that. Yeah, I think back in the day we had some really good offenses, but we had number twenty three that we just hand the ball to and he would get touchdowns yeah. like that. So yeah. to take touchdowns away he from he hogged from all throwing. the touchdowns. <laughs> <no> scoring. <laughs> was, you know, Arian Foster was a was a red throne red zone uh, beast, and so Yo, he was he, he took touchdowns away from eighty. So if you can take touchdowns away from eighty, you're, you're saying it's something funny cuz
1: Kubiak always talked about we want to run it in the red zone and for a long time it was very difficult for them to do that cuz before the Aryan time I mean they were trying it with different guys right. then they finally got it going with number 23 and it was you couldn't stop him in the red zone you guys were doing a great job blocking he was doing his thing it was a, a great ensemble performance
2: you know what you need to, you know what we need to have a mm-hmm. few more of those little push passes like you had to Kiki against Dallas you steal, you steal like two or three of them that way. That's what you need. Yeah. And you got some dudes that can do it now. At Kiki, DeAndre Carter. That's what you need. A couple, that's a, that's of, couple a of stolen pass. Yes, it
1: is. A push pass. There's so many a push names pass. for that. Oh my gosh. Okay, what's your name and where are you from?
3: Debbie Crawford from Magnolia. Hi, Debbie. Hi. And um, what Texans player has impressed you the most during the off season?
1: Um, I'm gonna go
3: with a guy that most people probably wouldn't even think about, but Roderick Johnson. To me, impressed me more than anybody this offseason. Man. Like he, when he was on the roster last season, he kind of struggled a little bit. Then I saw him out there, so I didn't really expect much out of him this season. But he improved night and day, man. and so he was pushing for a starting left tackle job. And so I thought he had an awesome camp. And so I'm looking forward to, you know, he's going to be the swing tackle right now. And hopefully we never have to use him this year because the two starting tackles stay healthy. But he's a guy that if somebody goes down fully confident in him that he's going to go out there and do a good job. And so I would say Roderick Johnson.
1: I like that one. I like that one a lot. And I thought that he had a chance to start next week had they not acquired Laramie Tunsell. Because... We didn't know about Matt Khalil's health or anything. We saw Roderick start against Detroit, and he looked pretty good for that one series anyway.
3: Yeah, I, I, thought, I, I thought he was good. Every practice that I wa- watched uh, throughout this uh, training camp, he did a really good job. And then in the preseason games, I thought he played well. And so that's all you can do is keep putting one good performance after the other, and so that's what he did.
1: Wait, how much hitting do they have to do this week, if any? Because. We saw them play. The the offense played three snaps against Dallas. They were not good snaps. They played three snaps. They were done. Right. But the coaches, everybody involved in the organization on the inside knows that they played or practiced X number of snaps against Detroit and against Green Bay. And that's the work they really got because obviously they didn't get anything in the Green Bay game in the preseason. They did a, a little bit against Detroit. So how much hitting do they have to do to get acclimated or ready for New Orleans, if any?
3: Well, I will say this. Last year, the Los Angeles Rams went to the Super Bowl, and they didn't play any of their starters any of the preseason at all. Mm-hmm. So there's been a precedent set for guys not necessarily having to do anything in the, the preseason and having a really, really good season. And so I, I think that you know, they're going to get their normal reps that they would on a, you know, their normal Wednesday practice and Thursday practice, but I don't think there's a, a certain amount that you would put on it. But, you know, that's, that's kind of what the, the higher-ups over there at, at the facility, that's the, they determine that type of stuff mm-hmm. and to, what they're going to need to get ready to play. But, like I said, there has been a precedent set of guys not playing very much in the, in the preseason at all and the team going on and having a bunch of success during that year.
1: Okay. Uh, next question from the crowd here for Wade Smith at FUD Ruckers. What's your name and where are you from?
0: Uh, Rebecca. Rebecca. Hi, Rebecca. Houston. Uh, Hi, Wade. How you doing, Um, Rebecca? What is your favorite memory of playing with the Texans? Oh, that's a great
1: question. I I
3: think my favorite memory of playing with the Texans, it's a two-parter. So it was one um, playing against Cincinnati and and Kevin Walter catching that pass and us going on that entire drive to, to clinch a division championship. And then I think the better part of it was coming home after that game and there being thousands of Texans fans sitting there waiting for us. All on, you know, we come up, we're driving down the street down the buses, and there's thousands and thousands of Texans fans. And myself and Dwayne Brown, uh, there was a pep rally, impromptu pep, pep rally that they had there. And so Dwayne and I got to the pep rally late because we're offensive linemen and we move slow. And <laughs> so, but when we got there, the, the pep rally was ending, and as we're walking in, there's fans walking out, and they're like, that's Dwayne and Wade, like, can we get your autograph? And we were like, yeah, sure, we're on cloud nine. We stayed in that parking lot for a legit, probably hour and a half, and we signed every person's autograph, um, and that was an awesome feeling, like, that was just... The, the vibe in the city and, and how excited everybody was because we had never done it for, done it before as an organization, so I think that definitely was my, my favorite
1: memory. I thought you were going to say when you broke your ribs and played Jacksonville into overtime deep and won the game. That was my most
3: <laughs> painful memory.
1: but that was a
3: good memory as well, yeah. because you know the 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 guys next to me got me through that game because that was the mm-hmm. most painful I've ever you know painful situation I've ever been in. And it happened in the first quarter of the game. Oh. And like I said, we, we, we played all the way basically five quarters because we didn't win the yeah. game in overtime until like, I don't know, it was like a couple minutes left in overtime. So, but in between each play, they're talking to me, they're telling me, you know, you're going to be all right, you know, push through all those type of things. Christian Myers is making jokes that we really can't talk about on air uh, just to keep me laughing and stuff because it's like during the play, you're going hard, the gentleman's running, but then as soon as the play over, all the pain comes yeah. back. And so. Uh, Wait, that was the most painful memory, but and it was it was painful, but it was also fulfilling because we came out with the W.
1: Did you play against Detroit a few days later? Or? Oh yeah,
3: with the same broken ribs and with the little flag jacket on, and that was another five quarter game because we won yeah, that oh one. Oh my late gosh, in the that game. must have hurt like yeah yeah. I, yeah. Me and the the kicker that year didn't really get along because we missed like a couple of field goals oh. early in overtime. Like man, can oh, we can we win man. this game and get over it so I can Neil Rackers. Like, yeah, I wasn't Players gonna say any nev- names. <laughs> I wasn't gonna <laughs> say <saying laughs> any names. but listen, you want to say the names, but listen, yeah. Listen,
2: Kaybe Fairbrand hit some big field goals last year, and I love my daughter more than anybody but players and kickers players don't look at kickers the same way as maybe fans look at them. Yeah. Players always kind of look at kickers like yeah, you just stay over in your little corner we'll, we'll handle the hard, we'll handle the difficult stuff you just, kickers just do what we need you to do when we ask you to do it and if you don't don't plan on coming back in
3: his locker room. <laughs> yeah i mean the the kickers they're, they're, they're just a different animal altogether and you treat them a little bit different it's not a bad way it's just different you know they they do their practice and they're over you know when halfway through practice is being over they're they're back inside and they're deciding where they're going to go golf later on that day <laughs> it's just you know, it's, it's just a different little <laughs> yes. deal with those guys so when they uh, don't do their job you can get frustrated.
1: all right next question from the crowd what's your name and where you're from
0: Julie Jenkins from West University. West
1: from U. West U, that where we are at Fuddruckers Greenville. location, There you go, right around the that corner. That
0: is right. So, Wade, are you planning on traveling to London to watch the Texans beat the Jaguars? You
3: know what? I would love to do that. Maybe you can talk to, like, Mark Vandermeer or somebody over <laughs> in Texas that can to try to figure out a way to get an ambassador to go over there. That would be a – I don't know. I think that would be a we good look. Are you going
0: to be there in London? You, you know? and me both. I mean, yeah. okay. Are you trying
2: He's
3: to get away over day. there, too? So, let's put this together. I mean, I
2: think Jamie Roots needs to listen to this. Yeah. I think uh-huh. we need to put a team together of mm-hmm. texans ambassadors and hold an event saturday night yeah, yeah. over in london
3: hey i'm there it, it, that was john Mr. harris respect.
1: saying it jamie
3: i'm
2: just
1: throwing it out there. I'm, I'm definitely available guy.
3: to do it if, if, if it can happen i'll definitely be there
1: you know it's funny because the players they're not going to spend the whole week there and i don't want to give away all the travel info that i as i understand it now because it could change yeah but The way teams have been doing it, they used to go over and spend the week almost. Now, they go over a couple of nights, and then let's go play, and we're out of there. Get in, get out, yeah. It's it's such a taxing thing on the body to do that, and it's hard to come back. And some teams don't take the bye afterwards. Some do. The Texans will. Uh, They'll have a bye when they get back. So we'll see how that goes. A lot of... Look, I'd love to go to Jacksonville. I actually like going to Jacksonville. You know how I feel about it. Well, you used to live there, so it's great for you, and we have a great rib place that we go to. It's not like Fuddruckers, but it's a good rib place in Jacksonville. Just to give you a little inside info there. All right, Wade Smith is with us, and uh, there's so much to cover with this team. I I really think that there should be a lot of excitement. I don't know how you feel. I love what you said earlier about, hey, uh, how they got here, how they got these guys. I get it. But the the fan in me, the football guy in me, wants to see the football now. And I, I'm with you. I'm pumped. I mean, let's go. It's football season. You're playing Monday night against the Saints. It's the NFC South champions, the AFC South champions. Let's get it on. I mean, this is it. We got a team. We got a quarterback. We got a squad. Offensively, defensively, let's rock.
3: Hey, man, listen, this is game week. And your whole thought process and mentality as a player is put the ball down. I don't care about what all the other mm-hmm. stuff that goes on. But put the ball down, so let's play. That's what you do all the stuff in the offseason for, the lifting the weights and taking care of your body and eating the right things and so that you can play on Monday night football in front of the entire world. And so that's the stuff that you do it for. And so I'm excited for those guys that they're going to get that opportunity to do that.
1: Well, I'm excited that uh, you're with us here tonight because I, I've really enjoyed listening to you. And I'm, I'm going to give a plug. Are you in that war room situation at Sports Radio 610? I am 610? On, on Thursday. That's on and, Thursday. We a, I,
3: think, I think we have a couple of fans in here that are going to be there Thursday in the war room at, at uh, Sports Radio 610 in the Verizon Lounge. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, that's nice. Yeah, it's yeah be myself. Nice. Ooh, and, you guys doing it up right. Yeah, so myself, Travis Johnson, Cecil Shorts, Sean Pendergast, uh, Seth Payne.
1: Yeah, Clint The only mistake yeah. is you should have done it at night and had beer because that would have. No, made wait, hold on, hold on. You just
2: listed guys, and one guy in there—it's not a player. He's the host. Okay, Sean
3: Pendergrass. Okay, the I'm host. just making sure. He's the—he's the moderator. No, 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 of no, no. The,
1: you don't the, need a, a non-player in there. No, he's so good though. Sean is <laughs> yeah. <he's> great. Sean, <laughs> Sean will be P good. Awesome. Yeah. yeah,
3: of
2: he'll, course he'll, he will. Be. He'll hand it. He'll put it on a tee for everybody. But, uh, but that, that that's gonna be a fun event Thursday
1: night.
3: No, no. Thursday. Thursday. 12 noon.
2: 12 noon. But you can only get
1: in by winning, right? Yeah,
3: you have to listen to Sports Radio 610 all day long. I think it's like every 45, so like 745, Anything else you're
1: involved in that we have to promote tonight, Wade?
3: Um, Well, first of all, on Sports Radio 610, so every Monday I'll be on In the Loop. um, This year, 11 o'clock a.m. Oh, good. Um, Every Tuesday I'll be with uh, Payne and Pendergast at 9 a.m. Okay. And then every Thursday I'll be with Clinton Kamala at 2 p.m. So, wow! So three days a week, you'll hear me for an hour a piece, and you, you should be able to change get my your name to
1: Wade McLean. Wade McLean, yeah. You're doing all the day parts.
3: <laughs> Wade McLean. Uh, I like it. I like Smith, man.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I like Smith a little better. No,
3: nothing against John, but yeah, I like of course. Smith. No, I love it though. But, yeah. I
1: love you being on all those programs. That's great.
3: So that's first, and then secondly, uh, Bulls and Blackjack, our, our our Texas Hold'em tournament and Casino mm-hmm. Night is coming up September 20th at the Historian. Uh, 7 p.m. You can go to bullsandblackjack.com to get your tickets. Of course, all the proceeds to that to that event will go to the Waysmith Foundation and our main focus is childhood literacy and education, and so that directly affects children here mm. in the Houston area. So, uh, you know, go online, purchase your tickets. It's going to be an awesome event. We're going to have uh, celebrity players playing for the charity of their choice, and the last celebrity standing wins $10,000 to that charity. And if you're playing in a tournament, you get to knock out. It's a bounty format, so you get to knock the celebrities out of the tournament. And if you knock them out, you win a prize. And if you win the entire tournament, you win a grand prize uh, uh, vacation package valued up to $10,000. So don't, it's going to be awesome. Don't all say kind of bounty.
1: Big. We're going to New Orleans. All right, so right? <laughs> Bulls yeah, BullsandBlackJack.com. Yeah, right? And all, all right, so. how about it for Pro Bowler Wade yeah. Smith? <laughs> All right, Texans All-Access is next from right here, and within about 20 to 25 minutes, we will give away tickets to opening day against Jacksonville and sideline passes right here at Rucker's Greenway, so if you're in the neighborhood, stop on by. It's Texans Radio.
0: This is Texans Radio. Want to start an argument with sports fans? Ask who should be the MVP. Everybody has an opinion. This player does this, and that player does that, and I could be persuaded either way. But when it comes to an MVP of MPG, yeah, miles per gallon, I made my choice. Chevron with Tecron. Why? Well, number one, it's proven. No gasoline gets better mileage. Number two, no gasoline has more cleaning power to help keep vital engine parts clean. Unbeatable mileage, unbeatable cleaning. You can't argue with that. Chevron with Tecron. Care for your car.
1: Hey Texans fans, Drew Doherty here. Win with Texans checking by scoring exclusive tickets from First Community Credit Union. Just open a Texans checking account by December 31st. You'll be entered to win season tickets for the 2020 season. That's two club level tickets and parking pass for all home games, including the playoffs. Learn how to score big by visiting the playbook at fccu.org forward slash season tickets. FCCU is the official credit union of the Houston Texans. Certain criteria apply. No purchase necessary to enter. See fccu.org forward slash season tickets for the full details. FCCU is backed by the NCUA. Do it.